I believe everyone has a story to share. I'm on a journey to discover the magic inside each person's story. Each week, I will introduce you to guests where I will dig deep and uncover the beautiful miracles from life and experiences to inspire and encourage you to live life to the fullest. My goal is to give each guest a platform to share their lives with the world in hopes that someone will be inspired to take action and live life with passion and purpose. Welcome to the Uncover Your Magic podcast with me, Ashley Goner. Are you ready? Here we go. Welcome back to Uncover Your Magic. Thank you again for coming and listening every week and making reviews and subscribing. It's all just showing me how when you stay consistent with something and you do it every week and you love it and it's your passion that everything just keeps building and building. And, you know, I always talk about the breadcrumbs, but I keep going and, you know, taking my inspired, asking people that I, you know, want on this podcast and they say yes. And I get so excited and to share them with you. And then when I hear back from you that you love them or it was interesting or anyway, it opens up so much for me, but I appreciate that. And today's episode is going to be very fascinating as well. It's a woman that was in, she was introduced to me. She lives in Arizona and it's from a client of mine that I've known for probably the past year or two. Her daughter signed up for Raising Confidence. She's Presley's age. And then she signed up and has done the magic path and met this woman, Kelly Blakey, and has done this emotion code with her daughter and herself and introduced her to me. And I did the emotion code with her and did a session and the girls did a session. And then I see the magic in it. And then I send her information to all my other friends and they have sessions and realize that she's magic. And I thought I would share her. I think this is her first podcast, but I really believe that what she does is life-changing and can shift the energy in this world and help people. So I really wanted to bring her on so you can understand the book that Dr. Bradley wrote called The Emotion Code is what she has studied and has certified in and we'll explain it all to you in this episode. But she's just this lady that is her heart is for humanity. I mean, she just is a giver, but this is her background. She's in mental and behavioral health. She's certified um, as a nursing assistant. She is a behavioral health technician. She's a foster parent and social worker. She's been in the helping field for over 30 years. She also has a BA in psychology and a master's in social work. She has done over 65 sessions in with this energy code work with people all over the world. It's amazing. She is so gifted. This is her calling for sure. She's so passionate about it, about helping. I mean, even the girls, when they had their sessions, we all saw a shift and we'll talk about that in the interview, but yeah, it's magic. (laughs) And you know how I love magic. Anyway, I just wanted to bring her on and introduce you. And again, 
remember to get on my website, ashleygonner.com to check out every month I have speakers. And I also am doing a wait list for the magic path for the parents and adults. And also the raising confidence has a wait list going for next session, which will be in January. This one ends in mid-November. So get on the wait list. It fills up quick. So don't wait. It's amazing when I get at these testimonials from these parents that their kids' have, lives have changed and their family dynamic and the energy in their house and their morning routine and all the things that I feel so passionate about these days, especially as I raise my girls and I see things that they don't struggle with that other kids have been struggling with because they don't have these tools. So um, reach out to me, even just reach out to me. I'd love to talk to you. So email me, ashleygonard um, at gmail.com or DM me on Instagram or Facebook, but connect. I would love to help in any way I can. So without further ado, let's welcome this beautiful woman on the show, Kelly Blakey. Hi, happy <laughs> to be here. Uh, all the way from Arizona, I met Kelly through a friend and it was more of, I want you to experience this. I want you to experience what Kelly does. And so she sends me this book, The um, Emotion Code by Bradley Nelson. And she said, this is what she does. And I said, okay, whatever you think I want, I'll do it. Like, I just love doing this, <laughs> that kind of stuff. I, I know I can always get better. We can always heal our, uh, our emotions and our trapped traumas or whatever. So I said, perfect, you know, give me your number. So I do a session. She sends me the notes and then I sign the girls up. She sends you the notes right after, but I wanted Kelly to come on because it's such a powerful healing modality. I don't know what you call it, but sure that I want everyone to know I've sent you so many of my friends and I wanted to shout you to all of my listeners. So they understand your magic and really the, the basis of this healing modality and what it really does and how powerful it is and that you do it over the phone or you don't even have to be even on the phone. (laughs) Right. You know, so, you know, we're all energy and we talk about that a lot on this podcast, but Kelly, let's go back to, I know you were a foster mom and where this began, like when you first went down this trail of the healing with the emotion code and why, when you read that book, it just went, oh my gosh, that spoke to my soul. Right. Yeah. So I was a therapeutic foster parent for 17 years. And then the last six years, my foster agency only was contracting with Native American reservations. So that was an entirely different culture than I was used to. And these teeny girls were not talking. They just did not open up. I mean, so much so that if you ask, what do you want for dinner? I mean, they're just looking at you like they just are not talking. And I'm trying to work with a therapist. I'm trying to learn about their culture. And I'm not able to get them to feel safe enough to have conversations. Even some of the therapists were like, I don't know what to do. We just stare at each other in sessions. We're not making any progress. So my heart just kept being pulled for them and I didn't know how to connect to them. And then when I saw that book, uh, the emotion code, I was like, this is it. I think everybody in my house was annoyed. Every sentence I was like, Oh, look at this. Oh, I mean, I was just could <laughs> not get enough. And so then I, be, I got certified. They say it takes usually 
up to six months to get emotion code certified and then maybe nine months for body code. I got both of them done in nine weeks. Like oh, I was my gosh. 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. I was obsessed with wow. like, this is what I have to do. And I also felt it was definitely from God because at one at that time it was 4,000, I think for the body code. And I, and I heard I was just supposed to put it on the credit card, but I wasn't, that's not who I was. I wasn't someone that I was like, no, I, I shouldn't do that. God wouldn't ask me to put it on the credit card. He wouldn't, <laughs> but I went ahead. I took the chance. And then three months later, I was in the bank, the same bank that I've gone to for 20 years. And the guy says, Hey, did you know you have an account here? You have another account you haven't opened. You haven't looked at it since 2010. I said, no, this was in 2015. I said, I have another account. And he said, yes. I said, how much is in it? He said, $4,000. Oh, Kelly. I was like, that's it. Like I knew. Amazing. I have goosebumps. Yeah. Wow. See, it's like, you know, I just look at, you know, life now at my age, at, you know, and you look back at your life and you realize you're always provided for when you live in that place of, I mean, I used to live in a place of like when I was opening my day spa and all the things I just had to, I kept going. I didn't question it. I didn't look at the fear. I just know that voice in my head is, is right. And I just got to keep going. And I feel yes. like when you tell, tell me your story and that these sweet little girls weren't speaking and didn't know how to do it. It was like, okay. And then it, it that it called you and you just it, knew, like it just, just starts knew. to pull the thread, right? <laughs> it, it pulls so the thread. Yes. Yeah. So and you finished your, you got certified. Right. And then I was so excited. I couldn't stop talking about it. So I'm talking about it to my foster agency. And now they have red flags of liability because mm-hmm. I'm not the legal guardian for my foster. I can do it on my kids, but they said, all right, you have to write a paper. So I had to write a big paper about like quantum physics and how it works, you know, energetically with them. And then I, I did sessions for the case managers, for the therapists, and even the psychiatrist to be able to get the approval that they said, fine, you can use your modality. And here's even was more confirmation. So I had listened to about a hundred hours at least of trainings from Dr. Brad. So, you know, in my mind, I know him, like we're best friends, right. really, you know, you, you hear their voice, you know? Yes. And so I went to a conference where he was at and I was like, am I going to go say hi? No, I'm not going to say hi. I'm not going to say hi. So there was one time we were both in a hall at the exact time. Nobody else was around. And I said, hey, I started to share with him what I'm doing and my heart working with the Native American girls. And he put his arm around me and he pulled me aside. And I'm like, I'm walking with Dr. Fred. And he, and he said, I just got my pilot's license so I can fly into the reservations. That's where my passion is. He goes, anything you need. He gave me 30 books that I could pass out to the case managers and try to open up and teach them. And one of the therapists then started um, becoming an honor path to becoming an energy healer. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Okay. Now I want you to talk about, because I've heard your story, but I want everyone to hear it. So then you get this approved they say it's okay because you are have been working with this girl that doesn't speak to you and all of a sudden right she begins to talk yes she begins because it was like the panic and the terror and every time she did open her mouth growing up you know she got hit it just in her particular family there was a lot of abuse 
she started to talk and she said, you want my opinion and you care about what I have to say, but I don't know what my opinion is. I have no idea what to say. I don't know what you want to hear. Um, so we started doing sessions. Well, first she was kind of reluctant. And then she came to me and she said, hey, my knee hurts. Can you fix it? And I was <laughs> like, I was all nervous. Okay, this is my one chance to prove it to her that this works. So we went through the whole process, found out she had an imbalance in her meniscus in her knee. She had a nervousness, trapped emotion nervousness. And she said, I don't know what that is. And I said, well, I muscle tested it. And it said she was 10 years old and it was a male teacher and at school. And instantly she said, oh, that's my friends and I were ditching for the first time. She told me exactly where she was standing against the wall, exactly what happened and how scared she was, the teacher. And we went ahead and released that. And within a very short time, she said her knee didn't hurt at all. She was completely shocked by it. And I said, well, you need to go to um, high schools and be teaching them not to ditch so their knees are going to hurt later <laughs> in life. You know, made it fun for her. But one of the most rewarding was when we went to her IEP meeting, the individual education plan. And her teacher said, I don't know what you guys are doing, but she's speaking up more in class. She is asking questions because the teachers have no idea what anything is happening. And they just came and reported me the results. Wow. Oh, gosh, that's amazing. You know, when just because I know you and I, I mean, we're meeting for the first time on Zoom, but what I know from you is your heart. You know, you just have such a big right. heart and you just want to help everyone. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I look at you and think like, you know, you were meant to be a healer. You were meant to be connected with these foster kids and, you know, what a gift you have been. And I know now you have an empty nest. Right. right? Well, and that's hard I, for you, right? It would have been an empty nest-ish, but my original foster daughter that I had back in 2004 contacted me when she was, I think, eight months pregnant and said that um, was they had been homeless for years and her long story short, they're back and they were going to stay for two months and they're still here. So, (laughs) but she, they're both, she and her boyfriend are both under SMI for seriously mentally ill. He has had a job for almost a year at Goodwill. He's, they're both doing so, I mean, they're thriving and are amazing people, but um, no, I planned, I planned to be a hundred percent done with foster care after 17 years. But like I said, God had other plans. And just to see it on a different level, taking the chance, because I could have been nervous, you know, bringing them into the house. Uh, I knew how she was as a kid. I didn't know how she was as a 32-year-old, Oh, okay. you know, adult oh, wow. pregnant. So it was that long? Woman. Yeah. Well, she actually moved out. It had been probably 10 years since we had lived together. Um, yep. So I don't know if you want to hear it. So she had the baby. We had the, him here for about a month. And then she um, put him up for adoption and went to this the same family that has her um, her daughter. These people could mm-hmm. never have kids. And so it was just a gigantic blessing to them how it all came together. Oh, wow. Oh, man. You've probably seen so much of that, those miracles, especially with what you do, but I want people to understand the emotion code healing. And I know when you were studying it and I know it takes to get certified and all that. Right. 
but you did it in a fast pace because you just, Mm -hmm. it was, you felt that in your body that this is it. Sure. But explain it because when I did it, people understand muscle testing, the conscious mind versus the subconscious mind. Can you go there? Because that's where I feel like the basis of this. So people understand that where that, how those two are different and how that relates to what you can do through our, just our, our subconscious mind. Yes, absolutely. So have you heard the term, uh, we only use 10% of our brain or our mind. So that's the 10% that we're consciously talking to each other. But the other 90%, you're using all of your brain. It's, it's processing your food. It's digesting I mean, digesting your food, your blood, your breathing is all the involuntary. But your subconscious mind is like Google. It remembers everything that has ever happened. But like Google, you have to be able to ask the right questions. If you change the wording just a little bit, you'll get a, go down a whole different rabbit hole in your subconscious. So through muscle testing, it's a diagnostic tool to find out the who, what, when, why, where, how that this stuck energy is trapped in your bodies. Even um, prenatal trapped emotions. So when your mom, if she had some trauma or terror go on while she was pregnant, then you will absorb, the, the infant can absorb that before it's even born. So you can't go to a therapist and talk about those kinds of feeling of being unwanted if you didn't even know you were unwanted, if they never told you that, right? They okay. maybe didn't want you to be born at all. And then by the time you were two or three months, you were the best thing that's ever happened to them. And you never felt unloved, but something about, I don't want this baby. I don't want this baby. And all the fear and panic while you are, are still in the womb, you wouldn't be able to even know what that is. So through the body code, which has 227 mind maps, every organ, every system, every gland, every vertebrae, and a whole bunch of other tools I use with muscle test and say, what is going on? Because if you got your vision board and you are, you're going to do it. But that's 10% to 90. That's a losing tug of war. Right. We got to find out. And even I compared it to like, if you go to therapy, I got my bachelor's degree in psychology and a, and a master's in social work. So I was going to go into the traditional therapy. But that's like therapy can teach you how to handle the rock in your shoe when it comes up, when it's annoying, how do you work around it? Where energetically, let's get that rock out. So it's not even going to come up and be a, a thing. Right. That makes sense. Yes, totally. But you know, when, so when you do, when you do a session, you ask my girls, let me go to Paige for an example. She was getting ready to do her pageant and she's always gotten first runner up. <laughs> so I'm telling mm-hmm. this to everybody because it's, it doesn't have to be like a trauma that you think, you know, like something you can say, gosh, I like Paige did. Okay, Kelly, I've never won Miss California. And I want to know, I want you to clear my energy and why and where it's linked to and why I've always, you know, basically got first runner up. So after her session, she had a couple with, with Kelly before we went to Arizona for the pageant and she won. And I was just telling Kelly that before we hit record, I thought, I forgot because I was reading the notes and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, this has this one little simple thing. And I want you to talk about other stories, but explain to everybody like how it goes and you have the, you know, is it this, is it A or B, you know, the chart, how you look at that? Right, right. So I have um, 
I don't even know, feels like hundreds of different charts that I can go to and I'm muscle testing and saying, is the imbalance, is it in the body code? Yes, it is. Yes. Is it under mental? Okay. Is it under emotional? Okay. It's, it's a trapped emotion, you know, trapped emotion of unworthy, you know, low self-esteem, even right up to the mental energy of not good enough. Some people say, who am I to be able to win over somebody else? Sometimes people really want to win. They got tender hearts. They don't want anybody to lose. Right. And so that's an inner struggle. I will be happy, but you'll be crying because you're crying. Now I'm going to be sad. And I, they don't, it's a lot of conflicting, confusing information and emotions for young people. Right. So how does Paige win and be okay and feel good about winning? And so we removed those blocks and I didn't find out till today. So it looks like um, the removing those are the right ones. Uh, Dr. Brad has also said, we may not get, you'll get results as far as it's going to improve mental, emotional, physical, spiritual, financial, but you may not get the exact particular one you're looking for in that minute. It's like a giant manure truck. So we're, we're to every release, we're taking the shovel of that crap off of you, <laughs> but how many shovelfuls is going to get to, but it's a little bit quicker with children because they haven't had 40 years of right. imbalances built up, we can right. get to the heart of it much quicker. But the, when you say the benefits of doing this, like why someone would want to do this when I, after I finished, I'm like calling all my friends. Oh my gosh, here's Kelly's number. You need to do this. It's going to release yeah. these blocks. And I have clients that I work with that I thought, gosh, just adding Kelly to this, my courses, the my clients have said, wow, that really has changed. You don't like what's working. I'm like, I know she takes those blocks and removes them and they get it. But it's when people like I've been looking at Bradley's, some of his YouTube videos to understand it more, but he talks about the heart wall. Right. And how the heart wall is, but that was interesting to me because I didn't know anything about that. Yeah. So how he describes is pretty much anybody over the age of two or three has a heart wall. And he talks a lot about people in prison that have heart walls and how because they had that heart wall change their behaviors and their views, which could have, you know, strongly contributed to them manifesting what they had already believed that nobody cares about them. Nobody loves them. So the heart wall is that wherever you're stuck and trapped emotions are, all those emotions come up to protect your heart. And so how that could feel is if I'm sending you a hundred percent, if you have a heart wall, I'm sending you all the love. Like I love you and I'm sending you love. And it's, going through all of your filters, you're only feeling it at like a 20, 30%. So you're saying, I don't feel love. And your partner's like, I'm sending you as much love as I'm capable, but you're not able to receive it. Or you're sending all the love you can and your partner can't receive it or your child can't receive it. And you feel like I'm a very loving mother and your child feels like you're detached and distant because they can't feel it because it has to go through all of your defense mechanisms and all of your protective barriers and egos. So when you release your heart while you're able to give and receive love in a way you may not even know was possible, Hmm. which is. There was a picture of like a brick wall when he was showing this description and how your heart is, it communicates to your body. Like your heart is, what did he say? Like, Second brain. It's like your second, second brain. brain. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Your heart is your second brain and how these heart transplant patients right. who got their new heart from, I mean, this one little girl got a heart. She was seven and the girl she got the heart from was murdered. Like I was in a shooting or something, but they saved her heart and she had nightmares of that accident or the, that uh, terrible experience right. from the, and helped solve the crime. <laughs> so when you realize right. the, that your heart is really like, you know, your second brain and just that way to understand too, is like, if you have that wall that's blocking that. Right. And, yes, I, and I mean, we all have the wall, right? I mean, are, are right. people just, how do you know if you have this, like a brick wall? You just right. don't feel the love? I don't, you, other people will kind of let you know whether you choose to recognize those signs or signals, right? If they say, oh my gosh, you're hard to get to know, or you're a tough nut to crack, or if you're easily offended, or that's not even how I meant to say it. I meant to say it like this. And uh. you just take things wrong because like, so if you're, you love your daughter more than anything, you know, her character and her personality. If she says an offhanded comment, you're going to be like that. That's not even Paige. She must've had a bad day or right. oh, my daughter is turning into an adolescent jerk. I can't believe, I mean, you know, you could really take it all in. Then that's because you're not able to even look at the character, the circumstances of why she said what she said. It's just immediate reactions or kind of numb. And then they don't, they can't feel the emotional. They numbed out the pain, but when you numb out the pain, you also have a tendency to numb out the pleasure. Right. And people are scared to death to keep their hearts open because they don't want to have the pain, but then they're going to miss out on the joy, the excitement, the euphoria. Right. That can come with it. So tell me, go through that. Like, let's say you're, I'm with you and you're doing a session with me and I'll tell you, Kelly, I really want to work on my heart wall. Right. So we will, I first will muscle test. Do you have a heart wall? Most likely would be yes. And then we would muscle test how big it is because it also helps people to know. They like to know that they're seeing the progress on it in case it can't. Dr. Bradley says three to eight sessions to release the heart wall. With my experience, it's usually been more like two or three, but and depends how much people can release in a session. There are sometimes processing symptoms. Some people, they can release 20 imbalances, no problem. Some people can only release like eight or 10 and their subconscious shuts down and says, I can't do it anymore. I need a few days to recuperate. So can you sense that? Is that what you're noticing that their subconscious shuts down or they just yes. can't? You're doing that Either with way, the muscle testing. Yes. So some people will fall asleep and then although I can keep working even they're sleeping, but I'll muscle test and say, is this in their best interest? Is this safe? Is, should we continue doing the releases? Is it safe to continue? Because it could be a whole gamut, which is mind boggling. Just a real quick, I remember I was doing a session for my daughter up, uh, we were on vacation. She was not with us. And another kid was there and I said, oh, I better not do too many because I don't want her to get like a processing hangover. And he was like, what? You can affect her mood from here? How, what? He was just mind boggling to see that you could affect somebody else. But, you know, energy is fluid. If you're really thinking of somebody and then you run into them at the grocery store, right? You know, we've all had those kinds of things, but sorry, I digress. So I would say 
How big is your heart wall? Some people like to know what their heart wall is made of. It can be made of sometimes it's limitless on what it could be made of. It could be very personal to them. If some childhood, even flowers or something that they liked when they were a kid, that what they use or subconscious use is something to be safe. So it could be, you know, metal, fire, even. It doesn't have to be something hard. It could be their favorite candy or something that kept them safe at that time. Okay. Um, I'll always muscle test to see if it's safe to release the heart wall. Generally, it is. But as Dr. Bradley Nelson said, if somebody is currently and going to continue to be in a domestic violence situation, it would not be safe to release the only armor they have if they're staying right. in that situation. Because when you release the heart wall and the same when you set boundaries, you're going to show up differently in your life. And not everybody is going to like the change to. Right. What about like making marriages better? Like, can people come and really have the love flow even more? Yes. The love flow even more. That's an excellent point because without the male or the female being so guarded, keeping their wall up, they can look at the bigger picture and they can give them the benefit of the doubt. And then she or he is able to give love more. And if you are loving your partner in a way that they need to be loved, it's much easier for them to love you in the way that you need to be loved. So the amount of times you take offense and the insecurity and how you would take something is that that is a betrayal. You're like, I was caught in traffic. I was 10 minutes home. You know, I didn't mean to disrespect you and not be here on time. The amount of stories that people will tell themselves when you don't have your heart wall, your brain doesn't, you know, try to jump to all those, those conclusions to protect you. Right. And you can it's actually you're listen. Neutral. You're, you're neutral. neutral. Right. And now I, I can say, is there a reason you are late? Instead of just creating a whole story all by myself and then I'm the judge, jury, and prosecutor. Right. For the other person without even waiting to ask. Right. You know, that for it's him. so, I live in a neutral world now mm. after, you know, the last three years or so of doing some of my own little spiritual work, understanding, I really see life in just like this beautiful moment. I've really trained, you know, gotten to that place. And when I see the outside, I see clients of mine, I can see it in them. It's like, I'm looking at your heart wall right now Yeah, I mean, in your vocabulary. Sure. And I just want to like, even the kids that I work with and I see these wall, you know, this, gosh, they're blocks. But to have what you can do to to get rid of them, like, let's go with my friend's daughter. So she was having issues with her dad. They were divorced and she was struggling mm-hmm. with father issues. And how it just, I was like, she was saying, it's like a miracle. She's even got to be with you in person. But describe mm-hmm. that, like when children have trauma from a, a divorced family or a mother or a father that explain that. So it's not only what this particular girl is feeling in the minute, it's also all the abandonment and all the rejection from her lineage of of other women that have been almost displaced by either father figures or could even be males in the same aspect. Whatever it is contributing, it's compounded so much more than just what this person is going through right now. But Yeah, so she wanted to work on not being affected by her father and not needing to seek approval. And that's a tough one just to say, well, okay, here's these mantras and just don't care what he thinks. 
she is wired and programmed for her own survival to care what her father thinks. So we needed to clear out that bucket of the insecurities where the father didn't intend for his actions or tones to be taken the way it was by her, you know? And I think the big difference in this generation versus ours is I don't remember, well, for me, my parents overly caring about how I was affected by their tones. You know, they told you what to do, (laughs) you do it. Like that's it, right? And now it's, he didn't say, he said it mean, or he said it this way. And the parents today are like, what? They're not noticing how much these kids are trapping and and carrying on with those emotions. So the dad would have to parent completely different to this girl than he was parented. Right. And that's not happening. So being that she's more of a sensitive soul than he was even allowed to be. Maybe he was, he wasn't allowed to be. Whatever he does, she takes it as a personal attack of I'm not good enough. And that it was not his intention, but that is what was happening. And so not feeling good enough. If he loved me, he would. If, 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 if. And to him, he might be, if I love her, I will work extra shifts at work and provide for her financially because I'm not, we don't live in the same house. And she has the love language. If you love me, you would spend time with me. And he thinks he's showing love by providing the financial income to her. But to her mind, nope. I'm not good enough because you're not spending time with me. Or it's, he's like, you're so good. I'm willing to work double shifts to spend, you know, to provide for you. So how do you go there? So you're, what are you doing? So explain that. So you're taking this, this little girl's energy and then you're clearing past. It could be past generations of the unworthiness and the, the male issues, right? Sure, 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 yes. So I'll muscle test with the subconscious and say, what are the underlying imbalances why this person is seeking father approval? Or what are the underlying imbalance that no matter what the father does, you still aren't able to feel loved? Why are you not able to receive love? What is it in you that's preventing you from giving your own self-value? So these are what I type into the notes and I'll muscle test them because you and I might think number one, that's the most important one. And subconscious says, no, no, number three is what's causing the imbalance in one and two. So we always go with what the subconscious has to say, God and the subconscious working together. And it may be inherited. We could be inherited of taken for granted 20 generations back. And mm-hmm. I got like this magnet here and through intention and prayer, I run it down the governing meridian. If you're in person, it'll go down her governing meridian. If if it's over the phone, I go down my own as proxy because a magnet can clear the energy of a credit card or a hotel room key. So it clears energy. So when we call it out and we find a muscle test, trapped emotion, unworthy, age four, what's nice about this work is it can be very private or you can put all the details out there. Right. Like I said, I, I have the education. I've been in behavioral health 30 years. So I can use a lot I could talk to a lot more therapy and life coaching and all that. Or if somebody wants to be private, like I don't want to say or talk about anything. Boom. She can be perfectly quiet. And then we find those out. And then energetically, once we call them to the surface, it's like it's released from deeper within comes just underneath the skin. And then energetically, we're able to release it from its 
kind of hiding spots in the liver or the kidneys or your nervous system. So the energy so you're taking stuck that somewhere. Magnet, yeah. But you're using that magnet on your yes. own body when you sh- like when we were doing like right now we were doing a session with me and you would pull every time the so mag- yep so oh. I'm doing it over my own because governor Meridian can go from my chin up to my nose down all the way back to your tailbone so if you're in person I'm going to run it down yours and I'm either going to say the prayers over you or the insights and the intuition or even if your relatives start giving messages that can happen because I don't always know exactly well because I leave it up to God I would tell you a quick story. I had a gentleman who was like 65. I was brand new doing this, came in person, and I was giving him all of these wrestling analogies. And I don't know, I didn't know anything about wrestling. And I thought to myself, oh my gosh, he's going to think I'm a weirdo. Why am I talking about (laughs) wrestling? And then at the very end, I said to him, I'm so sorry. I hope you understand wrestling analogies. I don't even know why I was saying those. And he said, I wrestled all four years in college. Look at my ear. You see, I have this cauliflower ear. And I oh thought, well, gosh. that's why That's why you needed those analogies. I had to get out of my way. And the analogies for teenagers will be very different than what comes through for any other variety or, or walk of life or age of person. So it's very custom. And, and I like that it can be very private for the people that don't, they want to clear it, but they don't want to tell the anybody the good the bad and the ugly of what happened and to prepare for a session for you to prepare to get in alignment or get your um, energy clear or what right what do you you pray I mean I know we do a prayer before we start but what do you do you have to prepare before you get on the session yeah I always try to get centered with God and ask him to speak through me to take away my own whatever, my pride and ego or my need to be right. Because maybe I want to be like, "Ah, I'm helping this person. Nope, I'm just the extension cord. So it's it's nothing to do if they did well or not well, that it was all the God's healing. And um, yes, I'll say certain prayers or get into a a specific type of energy space modality. I like to use essential oils and crystals and and prayers and things. And uh, yeah, getting out of the way and just letting the higher powers handle it because otherwise we can, we try to intellectualize everything because we're trying to keep that heart protected because we're so scared (laughs) of people and what they can say. Yeah. When you say like, okay, well we're, we're done. So you're going to be having these, you know, you could feel nauseous or you could have headaches. Explain that because that's fascinating. Right. So I I try to include a paragraph of potential processing symptoms. It's like energetic surgery. So wherever these is stuck in your body, some people can handle the the energy moving around and clearing their system. Some people cannot. I had a woman up the street from me. We traded services to hairstylist. She, she had so much, we were speculating on this, either so much trauma. We couldn't figure out why she processed so hard. I never did her sessions maybe a couple of times in person, but really she just sent me a list, do it whenever you want to. I didn't even tell her when I was doing it. She just do it whenever. And then she would message me. Did you just do my sessions? I feel like I'm going to throw up. And I was like, what? and we, oh my she, God. she would get physical. She was so connected. She was a Pisces. I don't know how much you know about the astrology, but certain signs right, were a lot more emotional, a lot more connected. So she said, I have too busy of a life to have these. 
I don't have the time to heal. Just work on my kids. So I would do sessions for her kids. And she would be like flu-like symptoms when I worked on the kids. It wasn't even her own sessions. And she said, I think I'm overly codependent and enmeshed in my children. She <laughs> came up with that because she was so connected. But majority of the people do perfectly fine. Usually they just get extra sleepy, vivid dreams, and just a little little grumpy for one or two days when the energy is, is releasing. Yes, that is a, what I'll do another quick story. When I was doing on my daughter, when I first was started this, I was like, oh, this is a good etch-a-sketch type. You remember the etch-a-sketches? Yes, I love those. Right. So I started doing sessions. What imbalances can I release that my daughter, something like, what imbalances directly because of me? Right. So I want to etch-a-sketch anything. When I grounded her when she, for eighth grade for something her sister did, it had nothing. You know, she didn't do anything. I didn't know. She got in trouble. Any hostilities that she's holding towards me, let me just go back any of the poor parenting. Right. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, they won't know I did anything wrong ever, you know, energetically. I'm going to clear the intensity for them. So it was like on a Sunday, I said to her, oh, hey, I did a session for you last night. And she goes, is that what happened? And I go, what do you mean? What happened? And she goes, well, my friend came over as a lifelong friend. So I knew this kid, too. And uh, she goes, I just started saying all these kind of mean things about you. And my friend goes, why are you talking about your mom like that? She goes, I have no idea. Because I was stirring up all the stuff directly wow. between she and I, I didn't know she was going to have any processing symptoms. And so what I learned from that is if I have a husband and wives or people that live in the same house, I say, try to not talk to each other for the, the next, if you can, a little bit, a day or so. Because if your husband's did a lot of stuff you're holding in your resentment bucket, right? Could be right. 10 years ago. You clear it out. He walks into a room and you're like, <gasps> you know, like you're just all pumped up again just for a day or so until it can release your body. And then you can reconnect without those obstacles in the way. Oh, wow. When you talk about the emotion code and the body code, those are two separate books, right? Well, the emotion code is... So the body code itself has 227, I say mind map screens of, and the motion code is just one tiny part of the body code. So okay. it's only going to be the emotional part. So some people become emotion code practitioners and only stop there and they don't work on as much the whole, you know, mental, emotional, physical, I mean, yes, emotional, but. The ligaments, the organs, the fascia, finding out where it's trapped physically in the body. So it's the same, Dr. Nelson, but one tiny piece in a sea of the totality of your of your body. Because when my reading, I remember you saying something about my pituitary gland. I printed them out, but amygdala, right? Energetically. So what do you your re, your how did that come up? Right. So you know how a lie detector test, they're measuring the energy right off of the cuff. Uh, and they say, they just ask yes or no questions in a lie detector test and then manage, manage or monitor the energy. So I am doing that. So on my computer screen, it'll have six screens and it'll say, um, you know, circuits and systems and toxins and energies and nutrition and lifestyle. 
So when I'm muscle testing, is it on the left? Is it on the right? We're really just troubleshooting. Is it here, here, here? Kind of like if you go to the mechanic and there's a check engine light on your car, but you don't know what it's for, he can just plug a tool in a diagnostic tool and it will tell him what's going on with the car. So that's what your subconscious does. So we're saying, is it here? Is it here? And then I go to all these different sheets and we could end up with parts of the brain. And then is it going to be pituitary? Is it going to be the hypothalamus? Is it going to be the amygdala? And where is this stuck energy in your brain? And then first, where is it? And then what is it? And then it could be this negative belief. It could be a, a despair anchor, some kind of programming. Could be from a TV show that you watched over and over and over that you didn't even remember you were watching, but it was those subliminal programming, especially for kids that hmm. you're just watch. You're not even paying attention, or the commercials that is, you know, that so many people have. We've seen so much with our eyes that we didn't even know that we've seen it. Right. You could be standing in the room and your parents are watching something that you're not allowed to watch, and they don't even know they were watching it, and you completely forgot. But it's made such a drastic impact in your body that you're scared to death of sharks because you happen to walk by jaws. You know, right. we think that's silly, but it really can't affect people's lives and they can't necessarily talk about it because they don't know what it is. Hmm. Or they're too embarrassed. I will say that um with that same foster daughter, we were doing it for about six months doing the sessions and all of a sudden she stopped for she just said, I don't want to do them anymore. I don't want to do them anymore. And I was, I respected it and I, but she wouldn't say why. And every couple months I was like, come on, you want to do them again? And she was like, nope, nope. And then finally I said, why do you, I mean, just, can you tell me why? And she said, well, because I don't want you to know what my family did to me and I've chosen to forgive them. And I don't want you to, because some of the things were kind of horrific and maybe the average person is not going to forgive Right. She just didn't want the family secrets to come out. But I told her, hey, if you forgive, it's her story, her life. She forgives. I'm not here to judge them. But we can even do the releases without digging down. So if she has panic, trapped emotion, panic. Usually her body can clear that. We don't have to say, was it at school? Was it at home? Was it a mom? Was it a dad? We can clear the energy without knowing who else was involved because she didn't want to not only share her story and she didn't want anybody else to know what it was, but we're still able to clear that energy. She still will have her memories, but say on a scale zero to 10 before it would affect her to eight. If she talked about it, her blood pressure would go up. You could physically monitor the intensity. Now she could be able to talk about it, but maybe it's going to affect her at like a two. So we're changing the intensity of how what she actually lived is interfering with her being who she wants to be or living the life she wants without invading her privacy. Wow. How many times, I know you say you could clear somebody's, I mean, it depends on how deep that trauma is embedded yeah. in your subconscious. Right. And how many years, if you've had a reoccurring Sometimes, so if you she had domestic violence, same, and it happened always around Christmas time. Some people's bodies will be able to. Okay, I'm going to clear the the panic, the sh the terror, the shame. You know, at Christmas of 2012, but then it happened again in Christmas of 2014. You know, just like if you broke your arm, 2012, right. you get it fixed, but if you broke it again, 2014, we got to we have more a different one. 
Some people's bodies will allow them to clear more. So I'll ask if your body will clear, can you clear more than one panic or trauma for a specific event? And it just depends how much. And some people subconscious want to hold on to it because they feel they need to hold on to it to make dang sure that doesn't happen again. Right. So like the heart that, wall, right? <laughs> right, right. Just like the heart wall. Yeah. Yay, I'm so learning. Then, yay. So <laughs> then we say, what do we need to release so your subconscious will be willing to let this go? So your subconscious doesn't feel, no, we have to hold, you are such a dingbat. You're going to allow somebody else to treat you this way. We better, you're never going to forget. So now we have to get them, their subconscious to be able to trust their conscious because how many times do you, does the subconscious say, don't do that? That's not a good idea. And we're like, oh, it's fine. And right. we just hit it on me. I'm fine. I'm going to do it anyways. And your subconscious doesn't trust you anymore. So it's either going to block it. Just like people could get really sick if they got to go to family reunions. There's certain things they don't want to go to. Their subconscious doesn't really trust them to handle it. So I'm just going to, I'll just remove you. And I'm going to give you the flu. Or I'm going to give you a migraine. Because I'm protecting you. So when we can get your conscious and subconscious to communicate and trust each other, there won't be that quote unquote sabotaging that people will call it. Right. I mean, it's intuition. It's like trusting your intuition. That's what it is. Like I, I try to tell the girls like as a mom teaching, because I think that's such a, so many people (laughs) don't trust it or don't even ignore or ignore it or are led in life blindly, but have this tool that we all have to direct our life and listen and go and trust and surrender and, push past all the fear and all that's stopping you from living this life. But to have that, to know that you can connect the conscious and the subconscious. I love that. I mean, I wasn't, I never thought of it that way. Right. I'm thinking of almost like that parental energy. If your kid is 15 and wants to go to this big party and you're like, trust me, it's not safe. They're like, what, what do you know? It's safe. And they're going to really try to argue back and forth and it's maybe not safe. And they, you know, they should not be there. And so your subconscious is telling you, hey, don't go to this. And you're like, but it's going to be so fun. But, you know, it's, the benefits are going to be worth the consequences. And your subconscious right. is like, you don't even know what these consequences are going to be. I know. And so that's where it's, I don't think you can always trust us because we want what we want when we want it. Right. And you would have to deny yourself. You know, you don't mind if your intuition gives you good news. like hey. Go to the bank at this time because you'll be the hundredth customer and you're going to get a thousand dollar. Oh, I'll go or four thousand. <laughs> yes, okay, that's right. That's amazing. I love that story. We're coming to the end. It always goes so fast. So, how can we find you? Um, my website is www.helpinghealer.com, and okay. it's um, and everybody wants to add a second L. Don't feel bad, but it's Kelly Blakey, B L A. K-E-Y. Oh, everybody, I say, everybody I says Blakely. Blakey. Yeah, but, yeah. Oh, I'm glad you told me that because I have it. I probably have it written Blakey. Blakey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They just okay. like to give it. That's so that's the easiest way um, to go that or on my email. It's C-K Blakey, B-L-A-K-E-Y nine at yahoo.com. And I'll be willing to talk to you. Like I said, I use a whole bunch of different modalities because I've been in this field for so long. And I've been so many different types of people that I can relate to so many different types of people. Right. There's never, so, 
there's never what? Keep going. I would say there's never any judgment because I really think we are all have the same kind of frequencies. Just depends on how intense we're allowing it to be. I, I was just talking to a friend of mine today about in the Bible where God says that he, uh, that all sin is the same. And I used to be like, well, that's not fair. You know, stealing a candy bar is the same as stealing $10 million from a bank. I don't, that's not fair, God. I should have much less, but it's the same energy of being sneaky, of lying, of stealing. It's just the intensity, but it's the same kind of energy. Mm. So that's why no judgment, because I may not have experienced exactly how you chose to show up or this person, but we've done things on the same energetic grid. Right. Yeah. Oh, you're just a, an angel. You're here oh. on this earth to <laughs> do what you're doing and you found your passion and people, you know, when you're drawn to someone, I just, I don't question it. That's just my way of living. And I know that when Kennedy said, Oh, I want you to meet Kelly. And I'm like, okay. But yeah. I want, when everyone that's listening, like when you're, when something's drawn to you, like I've learned so much just having guests on this podcast, you know, even asking guests to come on and, you know, thinking, oh, who am I to, you know, and then they say yes. And then I started an amazing relationship with these people and it's just life and teaching children as, as a parent to have that same, like in, in the life we're in right now, like I feel like we're just expanding so fast and we're just taking on this whole different way of living that this kind of, I just see what you're going to do is, I mean, I think he said, Nelson, Dr. Nelson. Yeah, doctor, yes. Doctor, he was ah. saying like, there's only what, two or three, how many practitioners, how many people are out there doing this work? Right. I think at that time there was only like maybe 3000. It's yeah. other countries have been knowing this stuff for years, but in America, they, They'd rather not everybody. I don't offend anybody, but you know, it might take a session or two to be working through knee pain or this or that. Or you could pop anti-inflammatories, right? Or you could take muscle relaxer. So we're just used to getting it so much quicker, and we don't put some people don't put as much time in getting to the actual root. But that's where the long-term change comes in, right? And then when you say the like, let's say I I heal or my daughters heal their unworthiness that was mm-hmm. 400 years back in my mom's yes. side of her grandmother, right? Like, like right. there it goes, you get there, you clear that. Now they're clear to that. Does that now they have their babies and they don't carry that into the next generation, right? Absolutely. I told one of my daughters, Hey, let's clean up some of those eggs you got in there. Cause I want healthier grandchildren. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> right. But you, you can know, do yeah. that. I mean, that's yes. what this does. Yes. Uh, the youngest I've ever worked on was five-month-old infant, worked on the ancestral inherited with the Native American traumas. So to help him start off his life a lot better without carrying as much from just being born. He was right. carrying already some pains and trauma. Epigenetics, they're proving now with science that it's not only hair color, height, et cetera. You inherit traumas right. from past. So all kids, right? I wish all therapists would do this. Anybody in the helping field, it would get a lot, a lot quicker. Because a lot of people don't know what's wrong. They know something's wrong, but they don't know what it is. And all they need to do is call you and lay on That's the couch it. or a bed. And, we, and I'll use humor and I'll go with their energy and it'll be very, very personalized. We can right. have a great time. You can cry your eyes out. The sky's the limit on however your healing is going to go. 
I know. Paige said, mom, I think I fell asleep for a little bit. I said, that's yeah. okay. It was still working. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, you're so fun. I loved talking to you. Thank you Thank so much you. for being here today. Thank you for listening to the Uncover Your Magic podcast today. If you are inspired by what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this show on your favorite podcast player. If you would like to connect with me with any questions, comments, or feedback, please contact me at the Uncover Your Magic website. Thank you so much for listening. And don't forget, always look for the magic.